This is a honky-tonk man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Hey, everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. You are listening to... And you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Priceless. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kane edition of The Wrestler Review. Why are we doing this? Well, because we support his mayor oil candidacy. Because there's one thing I believe in, and that's libertarian politics. Are you an indi- are you an independently wealthy white man who believes that schools are for fucking losers and for and taxes are for those goddamn communists? Well, guess what? Do you want <laughs> do you want the purge to turn from a movie into a thing that happens in August? Yeah. Libertarians. Do you believe that garbage collection is a sign that feminism is eroding our country? Well, then ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> may I direct I do, John. Direct your eyes towards a libertarian candidate. Keep in mind, it would be like if a political ideology was based off the Lord of the Rings book. <laughs> Are you really into Catcher in the Rye? Well, follow my political ideology, fakeism. <laughs> we are, of course, of course, doing a episode off. Oh, this is the first in our four-part series on Kane. Keep Glenn it crispy. Jacob. Ooh, yeah. So what we'll be doing uh, in this one, we're going to do up to his first WWF title win against Stone Stone Cold. Stone Cold, Steve Austin. Stone Cold is his Danish equivalent. That sounds like a territorial wrestler that Jim Cornette had a real problem with during Smoky Mountain. (laughs) Hey, fucking Stone Cold, come here, fucking here, fucking kid. You're fucking demanding. You know what you want? You want to get paid in fucking cheeseburger, you fucking cunt. So I took a baseball bat and killed his kid, cunt. Jim Cornette is the most vi- guy who's he's a left wing uh, guy, but he's so quick to violence. That's he's right. a Di- he's a Dixie Democrat. I love it. He's the type of Democrat I am. Oh, you mean he's like just because I'm a Democrat doesn't mean I accept gay marriage? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's you. No, that's you. I ain't no sissy boy. You don't even believe in democracy. No, that's why. That's why Jim Cornette's even better. Like when he went on that hugely Islamophobic rant, and then apologized by being like oh i i didn't understand what i was saying was just like one of the like the most honest things i've ever seen in my entire life (laughs) sorry it's just in my heart i believe all those things oh okay cool i'm sorry (laughs) i think you forgot i am from kentucky so sometimes you just have to not like people that aren't white or they revoke your uh residency (laughs) before we start about glenn jacobs i will say this for the country to really work uh the America, uh, Canada, uh, all of the free world, they have to have four parties, and essentially they break down as this. Uh, left-wing party, a right-wing party, then a left-wing party that's openly racist, and then a white ring, right-wing party that's openly racist. And then <laughs> you can just divide it that way. And every time there's an election, the racist party will get more votes than you're comfortable with. I gotta say this. As usual, Dylan Gott breaks down politics perfectly, and yet no one listens to him because he's a dumb fucking bitch. No, they listen to me because my dick be dragging every time I step, brah. <laughs> oh, um, oh, what was the new slang I heard? I've been in L.A. for two months, and I heard a new piece of slang. Um, oh, uh, apparently now in a lot of r- underground rap battles. I don't understand that, that made me sound whiter than uh, ever. Um <laughs> No, when you said when you said uh, Jim Cornette goes on hugely Islamophobic uh, Islamophobic rants from time to time, but before that you said he's the type of Democrat I am. That was probably the whitest thing. <laughs> he's like me. He's a racist Democrat. No, I don't. I am not Islamophobic. I'm straight up. I don't know. I am. I am. <laughs> I was about really put you in a corner. Uh, you really did. Slang. Uh, the new slang is, I put your lips in the dirt, which is implying that you, a man, have a vagina and you've fallen down and that's bad. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought it would be you knocked out a guy face down, but it's... That's what I thought, that's a good- but there's an extra layer to it, which I'm like, that's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> oh, so being feminine is bad and you've found a different way to say that. Agree. 100%, 100%. Now let's start reviewing Kane. Yeah. Oh, my God. The only way to listen to this episode, everyone, is put on... The Rough Riders anthem. L- yes. Listen to the first part and begin. <laughs> Mr. J- Mr. Jacobs, as I assume he likes to be called, um, mm-hmm. was born in the Spanish town of Torino de Aldos. Um, yeah, on a United States Air Force base. 
Uh, he grew up near St. Near St. Louis. Uh, he attended high school at uh, Bowling Green. He survived the massacre. Do you remember that? Yes. No. Yeah. Sorry. So he lived. Was born in the Spanish town of. Uh, I'm sorry. I can't pronounce that. Torino. Um, Dur- and then he escaped a house fire that claimed his father. Oh, you're right. Who he thought to be his father and his mother's lives. And his uh, was separated from his brother Undertaker, where they were both put in the system. Even though Undertaker's clearly about fifteen years old, Kane must have been the kid that they had, just because they figured they didn't have to use rubbers. No, no, Kane's the kid they had because Kane's mom fucked their really gross assistant at the mortuary they lived in together. All lived at together. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's very confusing. Also, was Kane's mom seven foot, uh, seven feet tall? <laughs> oh no, no K- uh. Kane's mom was a Humvee truck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mr. Bear, I think you're confused. You just had a bunch of sandwiches inside a truck. That's not <laughs> Yeah. Um, Mr. Bear, I, I think you don't know what sex is. All that happened is you spilled a bunch of mayonnaise on the upholstery of my Humvee. <laughs> oh, yes, Kane. But it was sex, Daryl. I'll say it's sex. <laughs> I cooked it. Um, also, fun fact, um, Kane, who now I assume doesn't tell people uh, where he lives in um, uh, Arkansas uh, or in the Smoky region, uh, Smoky Valley, M- Smoky Mountain region, that he is from Spain because they would just assume that means he's Mexican and not vote for him to be mayor. Oh, for sure. Well, he'll be like, he. That's why he's a great right wing candidate. Odds are, because he'd be like, actually, I was born in in uh, Spain, and people be like, ooh, and he's like, and I fucking left because it was disgusting. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> I was born in a military base. My mom was a gun, and my dad was an eagle. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Kane was. Uh, you would think, given his size, being like he is legit, like six seven, six eight, he would have been a basketball player. But he actually was uh, really good at football. Um, and classic, classic, in, uh, classic thing, uh, he gets injured during a training camp, uh, for, I believe it was the Chicago Bears. Oh, Dylan, do you remember what his injury was? Dylan, do you remember what his injury was? Um, he, uh, broke his legs. Both no, his no, his injury was, is that he was covered head to toe in burns from his family tragedy. Oh, yeah. And it was very hard for him to get tackled. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, that was it. The Chicago Bears wouldn't let him wear full sweaters. <laughs> Because <laughs> he wasn't comfortable, and also part of it, I forgot this part about uh, he had one eye as well that he then it started started working again while he was wrestling. Isn't that fun? Yeah, it's really weird that he yeah he only had one eye and he wasn't able to speak. And then because of his friendship with the Generation X, which we'll get into next week, he learned how to speak. <laughs> it's real weird. He needed to tell women to suck his dick, and X Pac was like, "No, use your throat." And he was like. Mm. Suck my cock. This is the best thing about wrestling is that if you believe the attitude era logic, how do you heal a burn victim? You get him to talk about pussy in a derogatory fashion. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, uh, but your your son no longer has cerebral palsy. He's so misogynist <laughs> he corrected it. Misogyny is the only cure for any disease. Hello, Mrs. Johansson. Yes, uh, regarding your son, Michael, I understand that he had an inoperable brain tumor. Luckily, we were able to get him to say to a woman, Yo, slut, give me your money. You don't deserve that money. The tumor is receding. (laughs) He he needs to say these things or he will die. There's only... That man's been shot 11 times. There's only one way to save him. Quickly, get a woman and get him to comment on her booty in a way that would not befit a boss talking to an employee. <laughs> so, uh, Kane, we'll, we'll cut to the long and short of it here. He basically, much like every wrestler, good at football. Not good enough to be fully pro. Hurts leg. Says that's why he got into wrestling. In reality, you look, you 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 get time off. You look at your options. You're 23, 24, and you think I'm not that good at this. Let's go into wrestling, essentially, which is not a dumb thing. It's just how uh, things are. So he makes the smart decision uh, to go into wrestling. Uh, he starts. Uh, he starts out actually pretty quickly. Gets pretty far. Like job match against Sting in WCW. Uh, he's working with Smoky Mountain Wrestling. 
He's working with the USWA, where he's basically putting on different masks every week and feuding with Jerry Lawler. And you could really see how athletic the guy is. Uh, and, and he's like he's got a really, really sexy body. It's really sleek, like a swimmer. He's a big, tall swimmer. It's, it's that beautiful shade of pale that makes it seem like he's a plastic bag that somehow come to life and knows how to move. <laughs> and he's a, he's dressed up as Unibomb for a bit, where essentially he just has a hockey mask on. And he's a humongous character. But it's Jim yeah. Cornette, so Jim Cornette just goes like, oh, but let's make that different. So the Unabomber was very popular at that time, so he just called him Unibomb, which makes no sense because Unabomber was University Bomber uh, and something okay. else, Bomber. So just to call him Unibomb, it's like, he's the University Bomb. <laughs> well, there's a lot of that. We've talked about it before, and we'll talk about it again right now, but Randy Orton's finishing move is literally, ran- he hit him with the RKO, the Randy knockout. Or it's also his initials, right? The Ran- Randall Kendall Orton? Yeah. Is his middle name What's your Kendall? finishing move called? It's the stunner. I'm stone cold. All oh, that makes sense. What's yours? Mine's my name. Randy. <laughs> I'm Randy. Mine's the Everton Avalanche. I'm Dylan. <laughs> What's your finishing move? My name, Randy Kenneth Orton. Do you mean Ken Orton? I say Kenneth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Randy Keith Orton, and I think you'll find I've shat in your bag. (laughs) I call that a granddad because that's who taught me how to do it. (laughs) So Kane uh, is teaming with Al Snow, who's kind of his mouthpiece in Smoky Mountain, which I'm only mentioning because the end of this episode will have one of the most (laughs) politically incorrect interviews I've ever heard of in my life. Uh, that has ever played on television, I'm going to say, uh, by Mr. Al Snow, of course. with Kane only contributing the, uh, what I would say, impression of a mentally handicapped person that people used to do when I was a kid. That's what he's contributing to the interview. Well, here's the thing you have to remember about Al Snow, is that that personality isn't a new addition to his, his himself. No, no, it is not. That is that is how Al Snow still thinks wrestling should be. You say the guy's handicapped, that's the whole feud. <laughs> yeah. He's not strong. <laughs> he's His mind is bad. The feud. So he's uh, Kane is working in Puerto Rico when uh, Dirty Dutch Mantel uh, apparently recommends to the WWF. His first usage was as uh, Diesel's stunt double in a casket. Um on a pay-per-view they were doing uh, where The Undertaker was saying he was going to, you know, kill Diesel. Yeah. And Diesel could see himself in the casket. Crazy. <sighs> yeah, no, it's insane. Uh, yeah, but they eventually, like, he's a he's a big, big boy, so they come up with a character for him. The world-famous Isaac Yankum DDS. John, what did you, what'd you think about Isaac Yankum? You know what? I liked it a lot because here's how they thought it up. Um, Jerry Lawler is royalty. Mm-hmm. Royalty are British people only, mm-hmm. so his teeth would be bad, so he would have a dentist. That's good. Keep in mind, the actual theory of where this came from is that Jerry, Jim Cornette and Jim Ross are both convinced that uh, Vince McMahon had a bad time at the dentist because he wasn't around for a morning and then came back and had this character, which is the most Jim Cornette or the most Vince McMahon thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> he just had to spend any time directly away from wrestling, so he just made a character about it. Yeah, his, I... I need to make my dentist appointment tax deductible. <laughs> no, apparently, um, according to Brew Brew Pritch Pritch, uh, the uh, genesis for the character was Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan came up with it. The whole whole damn thing. That's even crazier that Bobby Heenan would have one bad idea. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you all right, so if you're listening to this, you probably know who Isaac Yankum is, but. I would recommend familiarizing yourself once again with his works because his theme song was just a dentist drill. The thing with it is is that Isaac Yankin was part of the the time in wrestling when it was just like they would joke like, oh, everyone has a job. But no, like the joke is real. Everyone legitimately just had a job. And that was the job. Also, keep in mind, like he was brought in in like... Jim Cornette, Jim Ross, they see this guy as the next big opponent for The Undertaker. They see him as Kane. They don't know that it's going to be Kane. 
a lot of disappointment around who he is. And it's this interesting thing in the first half of Kane. So he's Isaac Yankum. He has a feud with Bret Hart. It doesn't work out. And then it moves on to him being fake Diesel. Fake Diesel, by the way, was either done because of the lawsuit that the WCW was having uh, with WWE over who owns the intellectual property surrounding Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. The other thing to keep in mind about all of this is that Glenn Jacobs, again, is supposed to be this next sort of blue chipper, big part of the company, and he gets saddled with another bad gimmick, courtesy of yeah. Vince McMahon. And you can kind of tell once he gets the Kane character in um, 96... Is it 96? 97. It's in 97, pardon me. That it's, yeah. it is, it's openly his last chance, but it's also like his only actual chance because this is the first time he has something to work with. Like fake Diesel and fake Razor are is one of the biggest dumb dumb moves wrestling has ever made. It's, it's one of the craziest dumbest things that I've and like you said, it was either because of that lawsuit or because Vince just was so mad or something. But it was just and I will say this: as far as uh, him being Diesel, being the fake Diesel, he did a good job at it. Rick Bogner was so much worse than Scott Hall. Like, and I don't mean at playing Scott Hall. I just mean like in general, so much yeah. slower. Yeah. Where it's like diesel. It sounds weird, but like Glenn Jacobs to Kevin Nash, when you look at that transition, you're like, okay, well this guy is maybe a bit stronger. It looks like than the real Diesel. but you look at Bogner and like, Oh, this is in every way just to discount Scott Hall. He's just like this fat guy. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have the same charisma. Oh, yeah. It's As embarrassing. Never yeah. And he just never closed his mouth. Oh, yeah. He never closed his mouth. And he his also... just like wide open. He also... Rick Bogner has also one of the worst faces. It's the only thing that I've... It has a... Yeah, it's a bad It's face. a perfect square, but somehow also <laughs> fat. Like, I've never seen anything like it. It looks like really frozen butter. <laughs> and the other thing is, you're basically seceding that people are watching WCW because Diesel and Razor Ramon were never a tag. I know that sounds weird. Yeah, they were few. They never were openly friends. Yeah. They were never op on TV. They were never associated. Their, their characters were associated, obviously. But that was via like Diesel face, Razor face, bodyguard. So now you're basically admitting like, oh, these guys, these guys are the. I don't know. You're you're basically like these guys are playing the tag team like they do on the other show. I mean, that sounds obvious, but that's another big thing of it. Uh, yeah. And they do move out of uh, Diesel and Razor. Um, basically, their last appearance is at the 19th Royal Rumble, which is crazy. Uh, because between that and in about April of that year, 97, um, they slowly start building where Paul Bear, the Undertaker, have now split. And Paul Bear is going to manage The Undertaker's next new opponent, Kane. Which, I mean, like it, don't like it. We're going to see this over these four weeks. But Jesus Christ, maybe the best character in wrestling uh, history just for longevity. Should he have gone away? Yes. <laughs> is Dylan completely wrong about that longevity thing? A hundred percent. Stone Cold has been a more legitimate, like, unchanging character than Kane has. Kane has changed drastically. Yeah, but Kane's also been on TV for 21 years now. All right, maybe you are right. Except I will not admit Stone defeat. Cold, anyone can sell more t-shirts than anyone ever has of all time, ever. Yeah, so I'm right, you're wrong. John wins, Dylan doesn't. John wins, Dylan doesn't. But it takes a Dylan true man. To be named John Hastings. You're right, I am a true man. Shave I'm like half you. his head. That's you. And then put a mask back on, and then a wig. And then be on TV, <laughs> choke-slamming Roman Reigns while campaigning for votes in your nice... <laughs> so, after the break, we're going to talk about the debut of Kane up until his first title win... In June of 1998, sit back, light up a fatty for this other fatty, and say, being fat is fun. This is Dylan from the Goddamn Wrestler Review, the show you're listening to right now. Please come to our show September 2nd in London, England. It is £10 if you are not a Patreon member and £5 if you are. Tickets are available at Wrestler Review. .angelfire.com You can also go to our Twitter at Wrestler Review. It is the pinned post. And our Facebook page The Wrestler Review Podcast where we have set up a cool-ass 
Facebook event. Otherwise, you can go to paypal.me backslash wrestler review. That's paypal.me backslash wrestler review and donate either 10 pounds if you are not a member or five pounds if you are to see the wonderful show, the best motherfucking show of all time, the wrestler review live, where we will be reviewing Stan Hansen and may or may not hire a fat man to show up as Stan Hansen and beat us to a death. Bye-bye. We're back, everybody. Welcome to the second half of the first half of the Kane series. I'm the better half. I'm John Hastings. That's Dylan Gott. Let's get into it. Dylan, let's talk about your inefficiencies as a lover. They are rampant. You're cane-like in your burnt dick. You have a burnt dick. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) Harsh, but accurate. So, check this, John. This is... Is Kane... Here's the whole thing is like, do you think they were basically planning to have one match at WrestleMania with Kane and then things got went better than they expected? Because they do a huge build up to introducing him and they didn't really do that with a lot of other Undertaker opponents like I guess you compare him to Giant Gonzalez maybe with the way he's an undercaker opponent just that specifically and the way they intro Giant Gonzalez was he's fucking uh, here now you know what I mean <laughs> yeah meet Giant Gonzalez wow yeah look at him he's uh he's right fucking there we put a suit on him because he's thin we put a fucking suit on him bro here you go there fucking you go, go. Fucking, look at he's him. got a fucking suit on him and it the debut of Kane, obviously, um, he debuts in the Michaels Undertaker Hell in a Cell, rips the door off, comes in, beats the shit out of the Undertaker. Fantastic debut uh, for anybody. They could like that. That shit still works now with Braun Strowman. That's how you know it was good, right? That that's the it's the it's the best part of the it's the best debut of the Attitude Era by far. You think so? Yeah. What's a better debut in the Attitude Era than that? Val Venus is a close second. But that's a number one. <laughs> so you mean a new character, not just a guy switching? Yeah, of course. Okay, new character, yeah, for sure. That it's also. But the thing is, is in the WWF, not that many people switched. Like, the WWF will have you believe in the Monday Night Wars. Like, wrestlers are going back and forth, and it was like, no, they weren't. Wrestlers were going to WCW because they were like, hey, you want to not do house shows and make double the money? Yeah, all right, come over here. Yeah, and also guaranteed money. Like, so wait yeah. a minute. If this guy who's uh, on blow all the time but doesn't think blow is addictive <laughs> sometimes just thinks I should be fired, I'm fired with no pay? Oh, yeah, okay, well, maybe I'll go to the other place where they have a, a maybe a union might form, you know? Yeah, I'm going to go work for the other guy who, while he does believe that he is good at karate and karate is good, um, he will pay me half a million dollars to sometimes just not show up for three years. <laughs> Listen to our Lanny Poffo episode for more on that one, baby. Lanny Poffo made about a million bucks never leaving his home. So good. He tried to get them to let him wrestle, and they wouldn't let him. (laughs) Please, can I wrestle, please? No? No. Fine. I'll be cooling my genitals in the sink. Yes, if you'll you'll excuse me. I'm off to use an infrared sauna and to not eat solid food so I don't have to wipe when I shit. <laughs> real stuff. That is real Lanny Poffo yeah. actual stuff. We so- are not exaggerating Lanny Poffo. Lanny Poffo brings it in the yard, I'll tell you. Oh. <laughs> also, so uh, Bruce Pritchard claims he basically came up with the whole character. With like he came up with the genesis of it, and him and the writing staff kind of filled it all in. And I do think it was a very brilliant thing is that he's been Isaac Yankum in the fake Diesel so recently that the burns all over his body, blah 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 blah. Uh, that was come up with because Vince McMahon was like, you literally cannot see one inch of Isaac Yankum. Like they can't at all. Nothing about Isaac Yankum can be on this character it's so smart this is a point that you've made when we've just discussed kane before and i'm gonna make it for you but i'm pointing out that's your point it's also kane was lucky to debut now before the internet because if he had debuted now he would have walked out and you would have just heard 
10,000 people making a drill noise. Yeah, exactly. There's no way. It's so funny watching like how wrestling fans have gotten better and worse. Like I was watching an old Royal Rumble, uh, which by the way, it was Ro- Royal Rumble 1999. Or was it 2000? No, I think it was 2000. Where Yeah, it's 2000 because they're in Madison Square Garden. So um, Bob Backlund comes back and he's doing a good job running around the ring and no one reacts or does anything whereas now he would have got a you still got it chant and been pretty over you know what i mean um and also uh jerry lawler doing the running joke of saying that kai and tai are chinese instead of japanese (laughs) (laughs) yeah tasteless listen to the goddamn promo at the end of this baby it is top level taste i'm gonna say this Especially when you get to next week, when uh, how Jerry Lawler refers to Kane throughout the late '90s, like my God in heaven! If anyone says, like, if anyone is going around being like, "Man, freedom of speech is eroded," uh, I remember the good old days of the early 2000s where you could say what you like. I was like, "Whoa, there was a." Let's put it this way: I don't believe in that you can cross a line pretty easily, but we cross some lines. It's not what he said. It's the amount he said it. (laughs) (laughs) He really drives the point home. Uh, Yeah. So Kane comes out and beats the shit out of The Undertaker. The whole thing, Undertaker won't fight him. We're going to spend extra time on this first part of Kane coming in because I really do think it's like people forget how fucking amazing Kane was in that first year. He's doing one-handed chokeslams. The other thing you have to put in is that the build for him to show up, the build for him to show up is out of control because it starts with, it starts stupid but it works, which is Kane and Undertaker lighting each other's faces on fire. And then suddenly we're in a situation where now it's, um, uh, it's Kane. It's like Undertaker goes. I'm gonna reveal your secret. We don't know what that secret is, and then it's the secret is um, your brother is Kane. He's come. Like it builds and builds and builds and builds. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, oh, amazing. It's, yeah. Well, it's great because they he won't touch Kane, uh, and eventually he does. Obviously, he touches him all over with his fists. But those first yo, some lovely person has put up. Kane from basically his first Raw appearances and as they progress. And if you watch the first Raw appearance, people obviously aren't conditioned to who Kane is. A month yeah. in, uh, Kane is now over as like a borderline face. Like people are so pumped because he's such a great. He's just beating the shit out of people. It's so exactly. exciting. It's so. And he's doing one handed choke slams. Like that's the whole thing. He comes in, first thing he does. First appearance on Raw, he beats up the Hardy Boys, which is crazy how wrestling just has not changed. Um, yeah. But he double Why wouldn't you beat up the, the Hardy Boys? Yeah. And this is when the Hardy Boys were, we love, we're the, we're the rockers, the Hardy Boys. He beats up these two twinks. He just punishes twinks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put that on Pornhub with the, uh, with the title, Masked Man Punishes Two Twinks and see how many hits it gets. <laughs> I gar- oh, I guarantee it would literally, it'll set on fire. Ooh, it'll light up the internet. It's going viral, baby. Get ready to be hot, hot, hot. <laughs> but they put Kane over. He goes right into a uh, WrestleMania match with The Undertaker. And a great thing that they didn't, really do with any undertaker opponents before or since uh at wrestlemania was no they they started doing it again obviously once the streak got there but it was the undertaker barely escaped this like he emptied the tank he had to use three tombstones on the last one they say he was like struggling to lift him and it was great it was also one of those things where it's one of the last this is a very old school wrestling thing which was it's he beat him but the feud was so hot and they positioned the cane so strong that like mm-hmm. the undertaker beating him once it was still like yeah but you only beat him one time like that guy literally just he just ate four wrestlers lunch and like he just slapped a building like it's so much like he was so much more powerful than one defeat like yeah he just comes in and they put him over the way you can you can see that they clearly wanted to put over someone like say a uh, a roman reigns but he's just so, yeah the whole thing is just fucking amazing. No, yeah. Well, Roman Reigns is way more of like a superhero type push, whereas Kane is, uh, yeah, obviously the monster everybody. But he fucking and that's the thing. It's not just it's not just straight up jobbers. Like he beats the shit out of Crush, 
And then the entire DOA comes down, and they basically have a standoff of, like, who's going to win, this victim of child molestation or these racists. And the racists yeah. back down. And that's supposed to make you angry. Yeah. Your fa- your dad and his friends just lost to that man who has to gets a close parking spot. Someone write a letter. <laughs> but I think the other thing I want to stress in this time is also they do make missteps, but... The booking is so strong and it's so believable because the th- one of the things they don't do now, just to compare it, is there's also this build-up beforehand, which they they were used to be great at. Like, you'd get updates on injured wrestlers. you get updates on when around. They weren't just vignettes. It was talked about. It was included in part of the whole atmosphere of the show. They don't mm-hmm. do that anymore. So you, you're not invested in the character when he arrives. Now it's like, oh, this character's here. His name's Bill. He's friends with these guys. You'll figure it out if you like him. I don't know. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. It's also, they fuck up a bunch of the Kane booking in that they like they have him go with Degeneration X in a second. They have him sort of be with The Undertaker. But they always return back to the original genesis of the idea. And they don't get that far away from it. So it never really... like. It never gets so far that you're like f this guy and his a. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and yeah, eventually. Yeah, I know. I, I know it's true because I said it because I'm smart. I'm smarter than you. Admit Ooh, it. John said a thing and he's happy, but he shouldn't be because he's Kane. Except not good at fights. That's John's what I say crying. to you. John, I just crying. farted in the mic. I just farted in the mic. I win. No. By the way, these are 100% real farts. So, uh, Kane, our my best friend. Um, the how do you progress the storyline after the big brother has beaten his little brother John? Um. Oh. Okay. I think what it is is in the next match you have. Um. Remember how I got hurt in a fire? So that we're gonna have a match where we try and light each other on fire. Match. Mm, but who's who's Kane's dad? Oh, is this when they? I thought they revealed this later. That Paul Bearer is actually Kane's dad, and for some reason that's the Undertaker's fault. <laughs> No, this is all, like, this is the crazy thing. Like, it gets weird immediately. Like, my placement of Kane was that for a full year, he was just a super badass who the only reason basically he was a heel is because Paul Bearer was so good at being uh, a heel himself but no, it was uh, pretty quickly uh, that they basically... Re- this is another one. They resisted Kane being a face. Because this is... Your post... Like, it sounds like a weird schism to talk about. But your post when everyone was cheering Sid Justice, basically, because Sid beat the shit out of people. And people are just ready for a no-nonsense, I-kill-everybody baby. Yeah. Yeah, they're ready for, like, oh, this guy has no... Um, but because outward like good characteristics but i like it when he murders the boys um and also the thing to remember is about uh sorry i got distracted by how warm that fart i just had was <laughs> oh you didn't think you shit your pants no 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 but i like i felt it from above my tailbone out my butt and it was like it was like a warm blade being removed from me <laughs> that sounds like a shit it wasn't a shit. I don't have any weight in my in my trunks. Ooh, doctor. Well, you probably yeah. have a you probably have a, some uh, some check marks in there. You shit your pants. I didn't. I'm just I'm just very healthy. And so if there's anything bad, my body expels it. Unlike you, Dylan, who keeps everything <laughs> locked inside. No, I keep it all outside. Yeah, that's why all you have outside. blotchy skin. John, talk about Kane. Fuck. Um, that's the other thing is I I just want to keep coming back to this point. Is we all remember Kane as being what a great booked character. Such smart booking. The first year they kept him strong. No problems. No fin- like, If you actually go back and look at it, they keep him, they keep the booking logical with Kane for one month. One <laughs> month. Okay. Kane debuts. He's against The Undertaker. That makes total sense. Undertaker won't fight him because he's his brother. And he's emotionally conflicted. Great stuff. Instead, great stuff. Loving it. Instead, they then have him join DX for no reason. Um, no, that's and then after, he. Be- that's after. no, no, it's not because that's that before. Is. No, that's before WrestleMania 14. He joins DX twice. No, I mean no, it's after this. No, it's not. All right, I'll confirm that. But I think no, because they have their match at WrestleMania 14. 
the, how they set that up is that um, uh, he joins DX, then he joins and becomes friends with The Undertaker for like a minute, and then Paul Bearer comes back. It was all a ruse. Kane was never with any of them. He then lights the casket on fire, and Shawn Michaels wins the Royal Rumble match where he hurt his spine real, real bad, 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 bad. Then is Undertaker going to be around? He's not. Undertaker, they have the stage hit with shoot hit with lightning, and he emerges out of a casket for no reason. And then they set up the WrestleMania 14 match. You're right. That's the schmozzy, stupid booking that they get to that. Then after that. To set it up again for the Inferno match, they for some reason say Paul Bearer is now the Undertaker's dad or the Kane's dad. That's the Undertaker's fault. Inferno match, which the Undertaker wins again. By the way, then then to make that they have to get Kane back to being strong really quickly, so they have him beat the actual piss out of Vader. Rest in peace, Vader. Rest in peace. Calls himself a fat piece of shit. <laughs> that is the Vader promo to end all Vader promos, and it sucks that it is the week where Vader has passed away. But it's even worse that I I'm I've a fat used piece all of shit. <laughs> it's even worse that I've used all the Patreon money to have his gravestone replaced with just that quote. <laughs> He's a fat piece of shit. Leon White, no birth date, no end date, just Leon White. I'm a fat piece of shit. So good. <laughs> so. Good. Um, so okay, that's his. That's essentially the first seven, six months of him booking. Look how illogical it is for Kane's booking. But what keeps him grounded is he's essentially the what they want out of Roman Reigns, which is just the fans like it when he hurts people. That's all that there is to Kane in this period, and it's fantastic. It's absolutely spectacular. I love it so much. And it sounds super obvious, but how do you establish a guy and get him over? Basically, he works his way up the ranks. And by that, I mean the first month, he's killing people like the Hardy Boys and Flash Funk. Those are your jobbers. And then he goes into lower mid-card with the DOA and stuff. And eventually, he's beating the shit out of Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed Johnson getting no offense. Understand how protected Ahmed Johnson was during that period. Understand how protected... Road Warrior Hawk was during the during his whole career. So now he's absorbing all those people. Obviously, he's beating up people who don't get beat up. It that sounds super simple, but it's just it's fucking wrestling, baby. Let's go even further with what you're saying. Understand that he's the only wrestler we've talked about on this program that got in the ring with Ahmed Johnson and didn't get hurt. That's how well they booked Kane. <laughs> Yes. Well, I mean, they book Kane so well because they can Ahmed punch me? No. Yeah, we're not going to give Ahmed any offense because we want to make sure Kane can be here tomorrow. And he's so good. And really, this is the from the time he speaks with the voice modifier. The voice modifier thing is great. And him taking offense, how he would no sell everything and tilt just tilt his head to the side and never f- fall over. And the other thing. People talk about The Undertaker and how impressive it is that he's never uh, fallen off the rope doing the thing that was called old school with no previous name before that. Yeah, which uh, both Dylan and I, by the way, absolutely hate that it's called old school. By the way, we hate it. Yeah, by the way, wrong. By the way, hashtag troll. Hashtag we're right. Hashtag proud boys. <laughs> oh, no, not proud boys. Not that far. Yeah. Oh, by the way, proud boys! I I was I started that before you guys, and it means people that are proud to be wrestling fans. You guys are all fucking cuck bitches. <laughs> I mean, there's a a very 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 good chance the proud boys are also wrestling fans, John. <laughs> no, you can't. One or the other. You pick a side. Choose your side. Stop rooting against Kofi Kingston. Yeah, I'm gonna say it right now. The proud boys. Finally, an organization that makes wrestling fans look reasonable. <laughs> yeah, wrestling used to be the thing that it was shameful to like. Like, oh, you like that, like, low-class trash, like, just stupid values shit, and now there's so much worse. Oh. <laughs> there's so much worse out there. It's great. Being, like, a really extreme wrestling fan, it's like being a member of Mensa now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know if my girlfriend just laughed at what I said, but she- <laughs> I really hope that got picked up on the microphone. Um, yeah, that's the good thing about recording this uh, is that we both record within our domicile. So yeah. every time our partners laugh, it always hurts. And you for- you forget 
that you're talking about wrestling until a woman laughs at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you're 10 again. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, you're having a nice time with your friend, and then the woman that you love more than anything on the planet laughs at a thing that's helping pay your rent, and you just figure, well, getting a boner later is going to be a problem, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> Um, so another thing I want to mention, uh, Kane originally, Kane had a cape for a bit. He just took it off at the top of the ring. I was, I had, this was next on my last list, by the way, of, cause I wanted to go back. My favorite Kane match of the early era is his match with Mick Foley, because if there is any ever in doubt of why Mick Foley fucking rules, it's this match with Kane, which is essentially like Kane walks out in a cape for no reason. And then Mick Foley just takes a bunch of moves on the fucking um, um, the fucking ramp, entrance ramp, like a choke slam, a bunch of slams, just on the entrance ramp, mostly because I think it made a cool noise. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, that's the, the whole thing. Uh, I want to return though to the the fun parts of Kane during this. We're not we're not we're the ones he's concussing that man who can't walk anymore. The fun part uh, where Kane gets the DNA test to prove that Paul Bear is in fact his father. Kane is, of course, of course, like, that's the problem. That's the first time they dip their toe into the the exposing of Kane, which is you now are bringing this fantastical character into the real world. Yeah, you can't just it's in the same way that they don't have the Undertaker show up at the Hall of Fame, which I know is just because the Undertaker doesn't want to go, but he's yeah. like excused it. Because he's like, oh, I can't because uh, it'll reveal my character. They're like, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing. Kane is in a, he's in a, uh, he's in a balaclava. He's in a ski mask. And he's also in like a ski suit. Like he's in a ski suit outside in this doctor's office getting blood drawn with Paul Bearer. St- is he where, is he still wearing the mask? Oh, hell Yeah. No, he's wearing a ski. He's wearing a ski mask, and you can clearly see he has red hair. When every other time he's got black hair, because it's a wig. No, it's sometimes his red hair as well. I'm just saying, it's like, and it's like red curly hair, and you're like, yeah, well, I mean, you just like you just ruined it. Like, you can, you it'll take you not ruined it. It'll just take you a month or a couple months to get back to that. Because that's what we've seen with, like, Braun Strowman. Even in this era, you can totally rehab a dude. Like, there's no excuse. Like, with Braun Strowman, they just fucking floor up. He beats someone. He basically beat Jobbers for a year, and now he's, like, awesome and the most over guy. But you take... And now Kane is... You have to view him as a comic. Like, you have to have him be an upper mid-carder. When essentially, one of the ways they could have ended this... I mean, they wouldn't have done it before... They wouldn't have done it, obviously, because it's The Undertaker. But the the way to end it, if you're looking from an outside perspective, from a story perspective, is probably to have Kane win and beat The Undertaker. Yeah. Because he's new and he's different. And yes, he has to have a manager, um, but he's got goddamn Paul Bear. And Paul Bear is so good during this period. Paul Bear is so good. Rewatching all this shit when he's like, oh, fu- I've, I gave it to her. I gave it to her, Undertaker. I did the dirty with your mommy. <laughs> it's like yeah. a lot of people also, according Paul Bear, also is like this is where I stopped being Paul Bear and just started being Percy Pringle again. Yeah, exactly. Which, absolutely, absolutely, it's so good. Yeah, he went from Paul Bear, the cryptic guy with the white face paint, to just regular old Percy Pringle, the guy who, before he goes into any restaurant, goes right to the ladies' bathrooms and sniffs all them damn seats. Yeah. Oh my God! What? That's not a dispo. That's not a trash can for your tampons. That's just Percy Pringle who wants to eat them. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go hide in the garbage can in case any ladies throw out stuff they peed on. I'll see you guys in an hour. <laughs> yeah. If it's been in there, it counts as lovemaking. <laughs> I had sex again. That's not eating pee rags. Isn't sex, Paul? <laughs> no, it is. Maybe it isn't to you because you're not a Christian. <laughs> oh, yeah. My undertaker, he built me an outhouse that had a living room underneath. <laughs> There's a great segment where uh, obviously Undertaker is mad at Kane because now he knows that Paul Bear fucked his mom. And, uh, <laughs> Paul Bear comes out. The most wrestling sentence ever. This guy's <laughs> angry because you f***ed his mom. 
<laughs> yeah, by wrestling standards, just you start a feud with every guy your mom dates. <laughs> <laughs> trying to make my mom happy. Yeah, I would love. I would have loved to see a wrestling feud between you and Art. <laughs> I yeah. would have loved. Uh, I would have loved a, a something where the Undertaker. Uh, came to grips with the fact that maybe the reason his mother had sex with Paul Bear was because of problems within uh, his parents' relationship and not just because Paul Bear is a bad person. I would have loved to see that promo. But it never happened, John. Yeah, wait, is it implied that Paul Bear consensually had sex with Undertaker's mom? I hope so. This is, Or we are about to get real Vince Russo up in this piece. I'll say this. I don't know that, and I'm just going to say yes because I'm worried about what the real answer is, John. Y- you know what? Again, how when when the Me Too movement finds wrestling, say say goodbye to your favorite thing, guys. Like, there's. I think it's one of those things where there's just too much. <laughs> oh, that's a very good point. There's too much of it. Um, so this this particular segment, Paul Bear and Kane have dug up. The Undertaker's parents, in one case, Kane's own mother's uh, graves, and Paul Bear lights the Undertaker's father's grave on fire. He runs up the ramp, and Kane chokeslams him into his dead mother's grave. I just needed to get that sentence out, John. I know, I know you did, but you just need to ma- explain a little bit more. It's not that they're in a graveyard. Keep this in mind. Kane and Paul Bearer dug up the the literal coffins. Mm-hmm. of the parents of the undertaker mm-hmm. and brought them to the cops coliseum or wherever the fuck they were <laughs> yeah they were having a fucking show yep like don't go too heavy into the logic of this it don't make no sense it's very very yeah oh what's that your brain hurts yeah me too welcome to wrestling <laughs> So this is all. Why am up, I suddenly so tired? Wrestling, of course. <laughs> Wrestling logic. So this yeah. is, of course, all building up to the Inferno match, which is pretty widely acclaimed as a pretty piss poor match. I would say this. I think by nobody. Be- oh, Dylan forgot the one last part of that. By no one. Everyone oh, yes, by nobody. It. No, it's great. But yeah. the one part of it that I really like, the one part of the Inferno match, the only thing I think. You can't really wait, Dylan. Is it the part where the guy who is in charge of every time there's a big mat, a big move, he makes the flames go higher? He hits the like, whoosh, yes. and he misses one, and then a second later, after a big move, it goes whoosh. That's my favorite part. Well, this was the funniest ga- match to play in any wrestling game with the match in it. I will say that. Like once graphic, once yeah. graphics got better, it was a fun match to play. Like, it was a real match, but there was a time when graphics were bad where you just had to do the throw the guy out of the ring thing, and then the guy would just die in the flame. And they just his noise would just make a very realistic, ah! Yeah, ah! And it would make a noise, yeah. Oh, I threw that guy into the fire, and then he nutted. Good. I guess I win. Do you think that Vince uh, Russo had a first man to nut match proposal? Because yes, I have a feeling that... He wanted that, that so badly. <laughs> bro and then you rub his fucking dick until he nuts bro bro okay first off you smoke a bunch of weed make sure your back's loose Loses bro gay and they die bro i yeah. kill him real life in the ring bro yeah and then you drown him in his own cum bro <laughs> <laughs> and then he drinks a ton of his own cum and he dies <laughs> you win the title that way in wrestling. Uh, okay, bro. Here's the conclusion. This is him pitching to Tim Turner. Okay, bro. Here's how we would do the last match. Dusty Rhodes. We actually kill him by drowning him in a bowl of his uh, of his son's own cum. <laughs> Which son, though, bro? Cody or Dustin, that's what you got to decide here, bro. Yeah, bro, and then we'll have an internet poll, bro, to decide which one of his sons come he drowns in. Oh, God damn it. So uh, that match was pitched, but they went with the Inferno match. Of course, uh, we go ahead towards the end of our our episode here. Uh, The previous Raw before Kane wins the title from Stone Cold, he speaks for the first time and, of course, says... If I lose this match, I will set myself on fire, as he is directed to by Vince McMahon. And this is ac- actually the only turn they've ever done with Kane that they did carefully, because Kane is going to turn to a babyface in 1998, 
And they did it carefully because Vince McMahon is clearly, Vince McMahon and Paul Bear are clearly working together and using Kane and is gaining sympathy slowly throughout the weeks until he then joins DX and learns to fuck. Yeah. As everything was in the Attitude Era. And then he fucked a chick with big ass titties. And, and then he was better. Guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as we'll cover next week, nothing clears up burns more than that pun pun. <laughs> Let's just quickly talk about the first blood match that results in Kane not setting himself on fire. Couple of things. One, they start off the pay per view by just showing a bunch of gas jugs that they've put by Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, which is crazy. Yeah. Two, that match has to follow the match where Mick Foley dives off the fucking top of the Hell in a Cell. And then Mick Foley interferes. Never forget. In that that's match. that's the craziest thing is the man who's dead, the man who is uh, the man who dies still like that's why wrestling's fucked. Oh, well you were you were strong enough to finish the match, so before you go to the hospital, can you just pop out and make sure that uh Kane doesn't lose this match? Isn't that isn't that fucking insane that they made Mick Foley like when they say, oh, my God, we thought he was dead. We were all really concerned. Terry Funk wasn't actually planned to come out. He came out just to buy time for Mick. Then don't make him interfere in the main event. Find another thing. Yeah. Also, like, that's the, okay, the, the thing with that whole, that whole, like, that whole pay-per-view thing, like, if you watch it, it's very different now because they would never let it get that far. And it's mostly because of this match. But, like, when you watch him, the second hit where he goes through the top of the roof, so the first one... He's a bit hurt because he he bit uh, he bit through his tongue, or he bit through his lip. Is his main injury, and he's shook up. But he's eh, eh, okay. He's like he's. It's the second hit. He has no memory from the conti- the continuation of. Yeah, because that wasn't supposed to happen. That that he wasn't supposed to fall through the ring. He wasn't protected. He's dislocated an arm. So if you watch like. All those guys who run in the ring, it's because they were brought out to check on him after the first fall and then look back and go, oh, Jesus Christ, he's dead. Like that trainer who slides in right away, that's the actual WWEF doctor at the time who is basically being like, let me just make sure this guy's alive before we move on. Terry Funk runs out to buy him time. Vince McMahon is out there because it's it's a there is a potential lawsuits and problems, all this sort of stuff. Jim Ross... The best moment of his entire career is not the call as he comes off the top of that cell. It's the call as he's trying to buy time of him screaming at Vince McMahon to stop the match, which they haven't stopped because they don't know if they were going to need to. And then that continues on with when McFoley interferes in that main event, Jim Ross is basically beside himself and is acting like he has just seen a dead man come back to the grave to prevent Steve Austin from being the champion. It's... Yeah tremendous storytelling and links these four wrestlers as sort of the four main parts of the main event in the order of stone cold number one undertaker number two kane number three mcfoley number four it's spectacular spectacular it's very good and another great thing i like about it is that the undertaker just comes out with with a bunch of gasoline and just pours it on a ref for no reason (laughs) oh yeah to wake him up pours gasoline on a no the ref's already awake no no it was to wake him up that's why he does it it's because the referee was out and he needed him to count the uh he wanted him to count the uh count the one two three no 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 no. in the main event and there was a first blood match so an undertaker's the face so it doesn't make sense does that make sense yeah no but he he does that because he's that's when it starts to there starts to be talk that him and kane are in an alliance oh yeah yeah yeah. what a great story Oh, it's fantastic. It's got Vince Russo's dirty fingerprints all over it. Dylan, for this portion of Kane's career, what is the worst thing? Here's the worst thing about Kane, and it might be the worst thing about wrestling in general. The worst thing about Kane is I genuinely believe that some of this Kane shit would have been better, like the story would have been easier if wrestling had an offseason. If there was a season ending and there was a beginning in pro wrestling, then you don't have to just keep on going. And I think Kane is a victim of that, is they just had to keep on fucking going. And the other thing is The Undertaker had his spot. And without The Undertaker ever being injured or giving up his spot, then Kane is just number two under The Undertaker. It's a great point. It's a fucking great point. 
I am really smart. John, what do you what's the worst thing about Kane during this period for you? It's cape. It's cape. Yeah, he has to wear a cape sometimes and it's really dumb. It makes him look like a goddamn buffoon. We're going to speak specifically about Kane then. All right, so how about this another worst thing? What's the what's worse, Isaac Yankum or Fake Diesel? Oh, here's a hot take. I'm going to say Isaac Yankum. I don't know why. I was going to say the same thing. Why? Um, I think that K fake diesel you could kind of make into something which is like I'm playing this character like there's ways to go about it. Isaac Yankum is just fucking stupid. Yeah, fake diesel I don't think anyone you don't have a name. You're just a guy playing a part like in a very obvious way they haven't done in wrestling before or since that this man is playing a part. Yeah. So it really distances you from Isaac Yankum. It's like, no, that's a good, that's an evil motherfucking dentist. It's <laughs> like, yeah. there's no way he's a dentist and that's bad. What, any other questions? Yeah. yeah well, who there. writes this shit? That's my first question. <laughs> Ooh, Letterman. So what's your favorite thing about Kane? What, John, what makes you love him? The best thing that they did in this period, which was at the time, and Undertaker still does it when he pins people, he puts their hands over their chest. At this point, they would have Kane hold the arms out like a cross, and it was I just a that. great sort yeah. of ode of, this is the Undertaker's brother, but he's more badass than the Undertaker, and it was such a really easy, simple, visual, brilliant trick. I loved it. Dylan, hit me with it. That is a very, very, very good point. Yeah, I'm very good at my job. I'm very good at it. That would be my favorite thing is that they were careful and made Kane the next evolution of The Undertaker in that he did the tombstone slightly differently. He did the choke slam with one arm. Um, he Instead of doing old school... Um, he just, uh, went on the top rope and did a clothesline. Like he's in the evolution of the undertaker in every single way. And really the totality and how careful they were with the character is clearly the best thing. Like it's just, it's the totality of like giving this dude a second chance. Cause make no mistake, like three strikes you're out, man. If this doesn't do well, he's fucked. But also, yeah, make no mistake. It's wrestling. Sometimes it's no strikes and you're out. Yeah. They just really liked him. Like, yeah, they really like Glenn Jacobs. They really like Kane. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to lie to you. The phone that I'm using to speak to Dylan over Skype is about to die. So that's the end of this episode. My name is John <laughs> Hastings. I am clearly the undertaker to Dylan Gott's Isaac Yankum. Uh, John's going to yank him, his dick-wise. Oh, Thanks very much for listening, guys. Uh, we have our live show. Our live show. Uh, that is at wrestlerreview.angelfire.com. You can get tickets there. Or click the link on our Twitter. It's the pinned post. That's at wrestlerreview on Twitter and Instagram. Join us. Be a fucking patron. Uh, if you give us enough goddamn motherfucking money, you can pick a wrestler we do over the course of a week, a month, a fucking year. 52 episodes. Give us enough money, we'll fucking do it. Why the fuck not? Eat my butt. Suck my dick. <laughs> bye bye. Shut up, your fat. And you have to wonder what Paul Bear is about to say. I'd like to remind you, Paul Bear, that the Undertaker is here with us tonight. And he, along with millions of others, will be listening to every word you say. Well, we're going to have to go back a few years, Mr. McMahon. About 20 years, to be exact. We're talking about a little funeral home sitting up on a hill beautiful oak trees all around, and a wonderful, wonderful family-owned funeral home. The family lived upstairs. The father was the mortician who ran the funeral home. The mother was the secretary, the receptionist. But there were two little kids there. One kid was a little red-headed punk. And then there was a second kid, a sweet little kid, named Cain. Now, I was the apprentice at the funeral home. I worked under the red-headed punk's father.
you probably know is The Undertaker. The Undertaker's father was a mortician of excellence. He taught me everything I know. He taught me the correct way to prepare a body for burial, how to do the makeup, how to deal with the families. He taught me from A to Z. But while I was working at that funeral home, I seen a lot of things going on that should have been happening. This little red-headed punk, there was something funny about him. He had a look in his eyes, the look of the devil. He was a devil's seed, if you know what I mean. What was so sad about the whole situation is that poor little Cain, the little brother, followed the undertaker around everywhere he went. The undertaker was little Cain's hero. Anything the undertaker did was fine. Well, it went on for about two years, my apprenticeship. I was going to college at night, taking courses in mortuary science at the same time. The undertaker and Cain would run around the funeral home like wild men. They had free reign of the property. They'd sneak out behind the garage. I see what they were doing. Their mom and daddy didn't see what they were doing, but I saw what they were doing. I saw them taking chemicals out of the bombing room of the funeral home. I saw them sneaking behind the garage, smoking cigarettes when they were little kids. But you know, one particular afternoon, I was leaving to go to school. As I backed my car out of the funeral home, I looked behind, and who do I see? That red-head devil seed undertaker with his little brother. Something was funny. It, it, something didn't seem right. But I went ahead and backed out of the driveway and went to school. I came back from school about 10 o'clock that night, and what do I see? I see fire trucks. I see ambulance. I see steam and smoke. And I see the funeral home in ashes. Someone burned down the funeral home. Inside the funeral home was this lovely family that took care of me. I looked over to the bushes. Who did I see in the bushes but the Undertaker? Undertaker, you burnt the funeral home to the ground. I took it upon myself to come out here and to tell the truth about what the Rock and Roll Express are really feeling in their hearts. You know, we've been wrestling these guys on different shows, and they've been running from us. They've been scared. They've been terrified. And I haven't seen that. And how would you know what's in their heart? Jim, buddy, it's all right. Anyway, save it up. Save it up, okay? You're, you're delirious with fever. Rock and Roll Express, I know what's in your heart. And we're going to show these people what's really in your heart. In fact, we got some uh, demonstrational aids because we know all the people out there are so stupid. First, we got Robert here. Here we go. Here. Oh, that's Robert, huh? Here we go. And, and let me guess, you're, you're Ricky. Heh, <laughs> brother. Heh, <laughs> I'm Ricky Morton. <laughs> Rock and Roll Express forever. <laughs> what do you think, huh? <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. Boy, if you ever had an original thought, it'd die of loneliness. Well, brother, all I got to say is, Al Snow, Unibomb, Please don't hurt us no more. Please, you beat us up so bad. We can't take it anymore. In fact, you beat us up so bad, Robert Gibson's mama's even wrote us a note. And she, right there, that's right. Thank you, Robert. Thank you very much. Me... Robert, you dummy, your mother wrote it in sign language. I can't read sign language oh, that well. Please stop that. Stop. Show, show some respect. I am. I'll try. 
Dear Mr. Snow and Mr. Unimom. That's, that's, that's that other big guy. Rock and roll. Dear Mr. Snow and Mr. Unibomb, please don't beat up my boys anymore. Don't hurt Ricky Morton or my little anymore, please, sir. Signed, Mrs. Gibson. Who's he? Oh, that's, that's right. That's you, Robert. That's what your mother used to call you because she couldn't talk. Ricky Morton? Sick. Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson. Ricky, you're so skinny, they got to tie knots in your legs just so you have knees. And Robert Gibson, you're so cross-eyed when you cry, the tears run down your back. If you think for a minute that we're going to be happy just taking your sticking belts, you're out of your minds. Because we didn't come here just for a belt. We came here to kill a legend. And the Rock and Roll Express are going to be dead real soon. Uh, I have been around a lot of repulsive...